everyone. So today at the Next Gen Podcast, you know, going into the new year, we have a lot planned and a lot lined up for you guys. And I'm very excited for, you know, everything that we have going on here. So today is a little different than usual. It's going to be kind of an introduction to what we have planned and what we have going on here at the Next Gen. It's kind of a look into tabletop RPGs and Dungeons and Dragons. We are going to be expanding the podcast in a way where we are including Dungeons and Dragons playthrough and Ironsworn, which are both tabletop RPGs. Secondly, if you've noticed, I've also dropped images of merch we have here at the next gen. Um, that's still a lot in the works. We're figuring out shipping costs. I've been told they're pretty crazy, so I'm trying to come up with something for you guys that kind of makes it a little more worth your while. You know, you, you buy something and we send you some stickers and a card and just, you know, it, it feels like there's a little more to it just to help with justifying those shipping costs. I don't know how much they're going to be, but I will be looking into that probably the day this launches, like this comes on. Now, I would like to thank each and every one of you. You guys are absolutely fucking amazing. Without you guys, we wouldn't be growing at the rate we are. I actually cannot believe how our numbers are and how much we have started to grow. We currently have an ad running on Facebook. If you're listening to this, it's uh, December 20th, 2021 is when I'm recording this, so the day before it launches. But our ad's running for a few more days in just Ontario, Canada. And yeah, it's just, it's pretty cool. It's been, you know, it's gotten quite a lot of traction. So that's good. That's good for us and that's good for, you know, just the podcast in general. So without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. Like, eventually we're going to grow and we're going to keep growing. And eventually that's going to start making money, which will allow us to do wonderful things. And by these wonderful things, I mean... I can spend more time to help make this content better, to help, you know, expand both our art and music and just reach out to other audiences and try to collaborate with other people as well. You know, there, there's a lot we can do once we start growing. And so, thank you guys. Like, I love you guys so fucking much and it means so much that you guys tune in and listen to this. Have a Merry Christmas, you know, stay safe. I'm not going to talk to you till after that. And so going forward, I want to thank also every one of my guests. You guys have been absolutely fabulous. Without you guys as well, this wouldn't be possible. Honestly, like, you guys help motivate me to do this, and you guys push me to do this, and your guys' feedback is generally appreciated, whether it be positive or negative. Now, we have a new person. We have a new person joining the team, and that is going to be our DM, who I will introduce in our segment coming up. And he's going to be our kind of main DM for these D&D sessions, and... I'm really quite excited about it. You know, he's bringing a lot to the table. He has a lot of a lot of experience. He's very knowledgeable and I just feel like we're just going to have a blast. You know, he's kind of mentioned the setting and everything like that. If you're familiar with D&D, you you'll kind of get a glimpse of what's going to go on and even if you know D&D well and read all the books, I think you might be surprised at what he's going to throw at us and what twists and turns we're going to encounter. Well, that about wraps up my little intro segment. Again, thank every one of you guys. This is your host, Joey. I'm going to tune into that some sort of music. I really don't know. was a cold night.
The winds howl, the moon shines bright. There's a feeling of unwelcomeness in the air. As two couples venture out for a date, they feel the chill in the air and a churn in their stomach. Yet they march forward to what they think is their perfect date night. What will their fates hold? In this gothic horror adventure, we will see if these couples shall live. Or how do the mortals say it? In death do they part? An epic Dungeons and Dragons experience we at a next gen podcast present Double Dates and Dragons. Featuring the mastermind behind the tale, our DM Josh, and our great cast, I can't say it enough, Double Dates and Dragons. Welcome everyone to another episode of Next Gen Podcast. This one's a little special because we're going to be diving into D&D and Ironsworn. And I got with me both my wife and recurring guest star Keenan, as well as a new person to introduce, a special guest Josh, who's going to be DMing our D&D sessions. Is there anything you guys want to say? Well, pretty much I can't, I just can't wait for this to get started, man. (laughs) So (laughs) much work. When we have no, I can just your reactions to everything as a DM is going to be great oh, with man. all of us together. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I've been working very hard ever since I found out it was happening. So this is going to be fun. I honestly don't know ex- what to expect going into this. And um, just so you all know, we're kind of short two right now. My buddy Dom, who was also a guest in a few other episodes there, he's currently moving. So um, it might be a little late for us to get this started, but, you know, it is what it is. So going into it, like, is there anything you can give away without spoiling it? Um, The most I think I should say is i hope you guys enjoy gothic horror this is a campaign that i've tried to run several times but i've just never had a compilation of parties that can either take it emotionally or um we just end up falling apart due to you know us being adults and having adult lives so i'm really looking forward to getting into this this is a campaign i've heard a lot about over the years and it's gothic horror to a T. I've read the campaign module through and through, and it's made me go, oh, this makes me uncomfortable, but I like it. <laughs> so, so, um, Von Richten, that kind of vibe? Feel, yeah. Okay. You may know where I'm going with this already. Yeah, yeah, I, I do a lot of research, right? I'm a programmer and a gamer, so. I just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, and I'm sure everybody else is going to be, um, that being said, like uh, we're digging into Ironsworn and it's a lot of Vikings. So you go into these lands and they're called the Ironlands and there's these big iron monuments and, you know, you, you kind of roll to determine what the world is. So you kind of roll to determine whether magic's free flowing or not, whether it's locked down to just clerics or whether everybody kind of practices it. You kind of dictate the backstory by roles as well. So It's kind of interesting that way. And then whenever you have a question or you come to, you know, something you want answers for, like, okay, where do I go next? You can ask the Oracle is what they call it. And there's just these multiple tables that involve dice rolls and it'll give you answers based on the rolls. That's definitely interesting. Not something I'm not used to hearing about because a lot of my stuff based on DMing is all like behind the DM screen that I have, I've actually showed Keenan this because he was wanting to uh, get into being a DM himself. And I showed him what's behind the screen, so to speak. Um, And yeah, it's just tables of everything you can think of. Um, If you're trying to track something, there's a DC for that and how high you should, it's a rough estimate. So it's in like five in levels, um, intervals of five. So let's say you're trying to track something through a blizzard. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult, like a snowstorm or something. You're going to have a hard time finding tracks. But if you're trying to track something on a clear day, 
with nothing but white snow, you're going to be able to see those tracks relatively simply. So the DC is going to vary. Um, yeah, so like all these different kinds of roles to help me as the DM determine how difficult should a check be for you guys as players. It's kind of interesting because like Iron Sworn removes that whole DM screen, but you could also put the DM screen there. Yeah, and yeah. one thing it does is you have kind of five core abilities and then all your kind of DC checks in D&D are actually done. You roll 2d10 and then 1d6. The 2d10 are kind of your check die. So you want to roll your d6 higher than both those d10 to get a strong hit. So that means you pass. Or if you get higher than 1d10, it's a weak hit. So it's a you pass, but... And then, you know, you fail, obviously, if you don't get higher than both. It's kind of interesting that way because that's most of the system. I'm just trying to think because, like, I can... Because the interesting thing about the... Like, I don't know if you want to discuss the actual campaign that we're running because I can actually give some more... Like, there's some more that I can add to it if you want. It's probably, like, Curse of Strahd, eh? It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, So... Curse of Strahd is technically set in its own little pocket dimension, aside from the original plane. Um, So there is definitely a world that you guys will be in after said Strahd. And it, I have built that world from scratch. I actually have two other campaigns that are running in it right now. Okay, Um, so I get where you're going. You've taken the whole, because Strahd's in like this... I forget what they call it, but it's almost like an abyssal pocket. He's in a pocket dimension of the Shadowfell, which is the, uh, you have two different. Domains um, of Dread. That's it. Domains of Dread. Yeah. He owns a domain so, of Dread. So. Within, within the Shadowfell, yeah. Um, and these, there are two different sides to this coin. You have, because there's the material plane, which is where everything resides and, you know, like mankind, magic, all this kind of stuff. But then outside of that, you have um, this in-between state and you have what's called the Feywild and then you have the Shadowfell and both are like polar opposites of each other. Um, the Feywild is lush and beautiful um, and brimming with life. And then you have the shadow fell, which is completely desolate and there's not much there. (laughs) And then you have the divine realm behind, behind that. Um, so the world proper that you guys are going to be a part of, um, you're going to see a lot of different elements from taken from inspirations that I've had over the years of my gaming life and all that kind of stuff. So you'll see reference to stuff like The Witcher, you'll see Lord of the Rings, you'll see Dark Souls, if you are familiar with that. Any RPG player is familiar with the absolute trial and tribulation that is Dark Souls at a time. You'll see stuff from the animes I've taken inspiration from, like Fairy Tale. Locations, characters, stuff like that. My idea was, you know, some of these characters that I enjoy, I would like to see them interact with a D&D campaign and how would the how would the players interact with these people and how would um, a story be shaped with characters of these likeness so names like Trevor Belmont um, come to mind from Castlevania Alucard Tepesh uh, Saifa Belnades um, some other ones like Dante from Devil May Cry him and Virgil like how would how would it, what would it look like to have a D&D party come across Virgil? What would happen? Like, what kind of insanity would ensue throwing certain characters into, into the mix? Um, Kingdom Hearts was a big, big inspiration for me, um, for some of it. So it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of name drops, if I'm allowed. <laughs> I don't see there being a problem with name drops unless someone throws a big lawsuit at us. Like, the way I see it, they're not the focus of the story. No, they're not. the focus of the story. And they're more like cameos and we're paying homage to them, you know? Yeah. So if a producer has a problem with that, they can go suck my fucking dick. 
<laughs> Good to know. Here in the lawsuit, you have said. Fucking balls, Mr. Garrison. Of course. It's okay. I got like 64 downloads right now. I'm so scared of lawsuits. But so, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a world that's definitely brim- brimming with life. And I've got two other campaigns that are currently operating within the same world. And um, only Keenan is subject to some information about those two campaigns. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. I have a lot of stuff planned out for them from where they are now to the end of the campaign, which is level 20. And oh, boy, am I excited? And they will not be. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything well, to say about this? Sorry? I'm asking Keenan if he has anything to say about this. Especially with him and his fucking Dark Souls shit. <laughs> well, I'll just give you an example from one of our campaigns. In one of our recent campaigns, I am a bird person. So, I, I forgot what the race name hey, is. The race is um, Aarakocra. Aarakocra, there we go. I'm basically Birdman. And so, the, this past session i have proceeded to kill a man with freaky mind powers once this man was dead i carved the word coward into his back because you know he's an enemy and then i proceeded to fly him 150 feet above the dawn the dawn's uh, mansion i just dropped him through his window you forgot out you forgot a very important part. oh yeah he was naked you stripped him naked yeah he was naked right 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 <laughs> well how else were you gonna carve into his back well, I mean, clothes, clothes are ever terrible. <laughs> no, but yeah, he was completely naked. And yeah, I just threw it through a window. Big fat man. <laughs> this caused quite the scene, and a large fight ensued. And I believe at the end of it, the proprietor of the establishment, who was a high power, was a very powerful person, didn't take kindly to his wife getting knocked unconscious. And because because of this Birdman's actions, and uh, the Birdman's beak had proceeded to be kicked in, and his wings torn from his back. So, <laughs> Birdman's got you got, but it was just so funny. It was so funny, and I was so happy. So, can we expect some TPKs then? Um, I'm going to try and steer away from it. However, should your actions warrant it, it may happen. <laughs> My actions definitely warranted it. Trust me. I actually had to sit him down before that session and go, okay, so let me get this straight. After what you've done last game, there is are going to be repercussions for this. And he's like, yes, I'm aware. So I'm like, okay, you may have to roll a new character depending on how this goes. Needless <laughs> to say, I have a new character. <laughs> it's great though. Like, it's really fun. And I'm honestly wondering, have you thought about like any classes or anything you might want to be? I've got a few ideas in mind. Um, I really don't know. Right now, I'm actually sitting back and I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to play a filler role of what I think the party needs. Because I don't know what everybody else is going to play. And I'm very versatile. Otherwise, I'm kind of thinking I want to play an artist for. Or I might head kind of cleric. Just Artificer is really cool. Can be really fun. Yeah, I know. Um, it just seems very interesting to me. And I might go cleric just because I feel the team might need the heals. I don't know what everybody else is going to pick. So it's just, it's kind of important to match diversity. Yeah. And I mean, like, you can always find ways to substitute for stuff that you don't have at your disposal. So, like, if you have, if you're lacking a cleric, but you have a ranger and an artificer, well, both of those classes have access to at least some degree of healing magic. Um, so you're never going to be short. Or there's always the option of if you meet it, like, head into a town, you might find a vendor that happens to have healing potions, which, especially in Curse of Strahd, those things are very, very rare because of the location. So. I wouldn't be too concerned about lacking something because you're all like, there's going to be ways that you can find a work around it. And I think honestly, sometimes lacking a certain aspect of your party makes it a little more interesting because you have to find a way to deal with that. You have to find a way to work around that, um, that thing that you lack. 
So like if you don't have a fighter or a paladin, somebody to tank damage, well then how are you going to deal with that? If you don't have a healer, but you have like the your entire party's full of fighters and paladins, well your paladins have access to limited healing. Like they have an ability called Lay on Hands, which is a very, very small amount of healing that they can dish out per day um, at lower levels. But like they get better as time goes on. Every class gets better as time goes on. So yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about lacking something. And if anything, I'd almost encourage it. <laughs> for me, that makes for a, a nicer story, right? How do you how do you deal with that one thing? Because if you cover all the bases, cool. That's great. You have all your bases covered. You got somebody that's ranged. You got an up-close DPS. You got a tank. You got a healer. Awesome. That's great. But what if you don't have your healer? No, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I just... I guess DND is just so broad about, you know, kind of what you can pick and what you can choose that I can't decide. Oh, yeah. No, it's so hard, especially you know, if you're new to it. Because, like, I, I almost play with this idea of, like, an outcast dragonborn that is a cleric. And that's why he's outcast, you know, because that's frowned upon within the dragonborn society. So that would That's be interesting. very interesting to play because if you come across any other dragonborn out in the world who believes in their actual culture, they're going to frown upon you and they're going to almost shun you. That's interesting. So, and then I, I kind of laughed at my wife and I'm like, could you imagine if we had like a bag of many races and it's almost like the bag of many beans or magic beans or whatever it's called. Okay, yeah. And you roll a die and you get a race. And that's now the race you become for the rest of the game. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) me and my wife rolled kobold and a gnome. (laughs) Dynamic we would now have to play is I would be trying to kill her all the fucking time. (laughs) It's interesting because you don't actually have to play it that way like i've seen people play very bizarre roles in with a character you wouldn't expect them to i and that's not even from a racial perspective that's also from a mechanical perspective um i'm a big fan of a show called critical role and one of their players was playing a halfling well halflings have a very unique ability if you roll a natural one you can re-roll it because you're a halfling and you can just do that. But he would roll a natural one and accept the natural one. So even though he critically fails and could just redo it because he can, he'd opt not to. So it was just really cool to see, like, you know, yeah, I could do this, but nah, I don't want I don't wanna. <laughs> no, and that's just it. And I find it like I'm a new player. So going into this, I'm trying to find inspiration for characters and kind of a backstory of what they are and that's why I'm looking kind of more lore wise because it'll help me develop like okay that's their kind of culture and society so if I kind of think about that's how they generally are I, I can do fun things like I am an outcast dragonborn that's shunned upon because I am a cleric and I believe in a god other than Tiamat that would be yeah that would be the big one so right there is especially if you're a chrome like because the dragonborn in D are kind of split into two different groups you have the chromatic dragonborn which do serve tiamat and then you have the metallic dragonborn which serve bahamut so if you were a chromatic dragonborn that served bahamut well then yeah you definitely would be shunned for that and the same would be true of the flip side if you were a metallic dragonborn that served tiamat well, then there's an issue there. So, yeah, it's just that I can't really decide what I want to do. And it's like playing an artifice, artificer. I can't fucking say it. Whatever. <laughs> artificer? Yeah. Artificer. Artificer. Anyways, I was playing <laughs> with the idea of being a couple <laughs> because they're already very clever and tricky. So they, they have a natural knack for it almost. Mm-hmm. So I feel it kind of fits them well. I would definitely say so, yes. <laughs> I would definitely say so. They are quite tricky. Tricksy little kobolds, as one would say. But I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear what everybody's going to choose. I know my wife's going to be some sort of wizard or magic person. 
<laughs> the look <laughs> I just saw you get right there was like, oh, uh, what? Oh, she's whispering in my ear and not actually talking into the microphone. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, like a high elf. Well, that's a race, okay. not a class. Oh, yeah. Yes. That would be very common in elven society, actually. Yeah. So yeah. Most most elves, especially high elves, are already very magically innate. So that would um yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I'm partial to my humans and half elves personally. I don't know, maybe I'm just dull and boring. But it's a very something to look at when you're choosing your race is sometimes they'll have variants. Yeah, and those variants will sometimes give you an additional, like a starting feat as well. So something to kind of give you a high moon half elf or something rather. No, oh, high moon elf. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't remember, but we went through the list, and that's just yeah. what it was. <laughs> Again, she's decided, and I'm very flexible. I don't know. But it's interesting because, you know, you're incorporating these game characters into your campaign and I'm building a world that's literally about going to games and other you yeah. know, cultures. So it's kind of funny because like Ethra is a little different where you kind of dive into the net. You're allowed to like walk it as a physical world because reality and the net have kind of collided and shifted into the same plane and it's kind of interesting because the, a lot of the ways you'll interact with other games is not necessarily by interacting with the characters but you're going in there to stop you know virus and malware and you know shit, shit's gone wrong and you need to fix it let's say mario has gotten corrupted by some virus and you know it's taken over bowser's throne you know you know what this makes me think of a little bit when you bring up the idea, it makes me think a little bit of like the old uh, kids show reboot. Oh man, I come from the net. Yeah, man, that's exactly what I think. And I think that'd be like a really cool kind of thing to play out like game-wise too. And that's exactly it. I'm drawing inspiration inspiration from both um, Tron and Reboot and those kind of shows. But it's interesting because the idea of actually like going into the net hasn't been explored much more than that in, you know, pop culture as in like shit. So it's just this new idea, I think would be interesting to introduce into the tabletop world. And if I can figure out a system that also allows for a GM less play, it can be so versatile. Yeah. I remember you sending me quite the, the message about this and i remember reading it and going wow this is really cool <laughs> i okay. like this and, and see like on one of my podcasts i actually had my wife voice act it like voice it out and everything and i put music behind it and it, it sounds really fucking good i think so anyways but that's just me fucking sucking my own dick <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a work in progress. And once we get playing more of D&D and I dig into more of Iron Sworn, I can really start to figure out, you know, what kind of mechanics I want to borrow or take because I don't want to rip off any one game because there's certain things I like and certain things I kind of want to change. So, and like one of them being kind of getting rid of the classes in general and we're not getting rid of classes. What we're really doing is we're hiding them behind skill points or stat points. Okay. So you're just investing in your stat points and that's dictating your class, but not. I, I get a Skyrim feel to it then. Like you could, you have all the, all your trees for all your things and whatever you invest your points into is what you're going to be primarily good at. Well, it's almost like your basic D&D stats, but imagine you start like very low, you know, Mm -hmm. your max is, let's say six in one stat, but every two levels, you can roll a D4 and you can add, you know, whatever you roll to any of the stats and you can split them up. Now, over time, you're slowly building your character to what you want to be. And with access to, like, skill points now, also every two levels, you get, you know, two or three skill points. You can get 
abilities, which is basically skills or magic or cantrips, you know, mm-hmm. same shit. We're just calling it something different. And you just have a stat requirement, which basically is locking it behind a class. Like, like that also reminds me of Dark Souls and how out there that way system goes. You know, you get your stat points after getting so much experience, and then that dictates what weapons you can use, what armor you can use, or not even just what you can use, though, what you can use well. Because yeah. you can still use all the other stuff you're not good with, but, like, you'll be the best with what you spec to. Yeah, it would be like if you were to, again, taking the Dark Souls approach, if you were to spec for dex weapons and tried to use a strength weapon, it's still something you could do. You won't do it well. You'll bounce off most everything you can hit. And if you can hit it at all, because you take an eternity and a half to swing the damn thing. Um, but if you put a dex weapon in your hand, well, then you're going to be a god on steroids. Like, And now, <laughs> see, it also adds good. this very interesting element where the DM could throw in this item that allows the character to basically respec. They drink this potion or whatever, or see this person who mentally, you know, acutes them and changes them and they are now something different but that's very rare and it's very hard to do and it's very tedious and a very big task so i kind of see that happening as somebody just runs up and hits you in the head with a stick and you don't remember anything anymore that you have to respect Let's say we're playing, though, and I just, I really hate my character and I don't want to build a new one because, you know, the group's all level six or eight, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to re-roll a new character. So instead, I just go, we go on this quest now for me to change myself. That kind of stuff can even happen in uh, D&D, too, because I've seen it happen where somebody wasn't... uh happy with their class and the dm wrote it into the story of how they changed into a new class like how they completely switched over to a different um for final fantasy terms it's like switching from um ninja to a black mage like because i play final fantasy 14 almost religiously now that endwalkers come out um just as keen and i haven't talked to him in a week (laughs) we have we have thursday night monster hunter i ditched that for final fantasy like (laughs) (laughs) but like i have so many jobs at my disposal but i can make so many characters on my server but i only need the one because i can switch and level every job um so if i'm not having fun with a current job let's say i'm playing a black mage oh well i also have access to samurai so i'm gonna play samurai for a bit oh i'm not having fun with samurai anymore i'm gonna be a paladin because you know i can And see, it's interesting that you say that because, like, going back to me thinking about Ethra and the game I'm making, that example of a campaign where you're playing with others, you need to go in on this big quest to respect. But let's say if you're playing the solo campaign, you could almost have this job system where anytime you're back at your home base, you can just switch out. Yeah. And and that's easily done by just saying... You, you make a few character cards that are all the same character, just different sheets for each job that you've already pre-laid out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And I, and I look forward to seeing that, um, seeing that get bigger because I really like the idea. I think it's great. Well, I, I would like to kind of collaborate with everyone on it too, because yeah. it's going to be such a big thing. You can't just work on it by yourself. No. A lot of the shit is, it's hard to come up with, right? Because you think of, you know, Cthulhu and that kind of vibe of, um, fuck, I can't think of it right now. But anyways, like you think that shit and how did you come up with those abyssal horrors? Like what was going through your mind at the time? Yeah. How, how demented are you as a person to come <laughs> up with whatever the hell Cthulhu is? Like how how possessed were you, HP, when you came up with this shit? <laughs> exactly. And then so I'm trying to introduce this new genre of you know kind of data beings and you know net beings. 
which is a little different than what we've seen before, because a lot of what we've seen before is like elementals and, you know, old fantasy and nothing high tech or data. The first kind of tabletop RPG that comes to mind when you're thinking of like uh, more high tech stuff is um, Shadowrun. Shadowrun was very much uh, a high tech fantasy world where yeah, magic and stuff exists, but it's also very, um, very technologically advanced. And even some aspects of D&D are starting to go that way, too. They've developed firearms and stuff for D&D. Um, so you've got, but it's all very basic stuff like flintlocks and old style Western revolvers and some long rifles, some um, basic shotguns like blunderbuss style uh, style firearms so like D itself is coming a long way to being almost more steampunky than it used to be high fantasy like obviously you could still have so many high fantasy modules that you can run but you have this other content that you can add to it as well uh, an entire new archetype for the fighter class came out where it's called the gunslinger archetype so like you're a fighter that's meant to be at a range, which for a fighter was unheard of for a time. And then they came out with another one called the Arcane Archer. So like you got a fighter that's tank, like you got a ranged tank that's just as good as art at archery as a ranger is. So like they've kind of done a good job of making some classes mesh well with other ones. So that you almost don't even need to multi-class anymore because your class might have a subclass that can just do what you're looking for. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that too because D&D has come a long way because you go back to, you know, the, the first edition D&D when Gary Gygax was very involved with it and it was a lot of inf- inspiration from Conan and Token and a lot of that. So he kind of tried to nerf the wizard off the bat and there was a big battle to actually like let the wizard have magic missile that always attacks yeah magic missile was it's still a staple of of wizards and sorcerers alike today um because of that key feature of magic missile which just basically states if you cast magic missile roll for damage you don't even have to roll for hit you just hit it which i think depending on how you are with the dice i know some people myself included sometimes the dice is less favorable than it should be <laughs> so yeah how do i roll three i I, ro- I cast magic missile okay i shoot three darts i roll natural one on all three of them well gee i guess i just wasted a spell <laughs> no like so you have certain spells that just hit and sometimes they just hit and the target has to make a DC. Sometimes you just get to roll damage. It's much more, I don't want to say balanced because some spells are broken. <laughs> yeah. And like, that was something I really forget his name and I wish I remembered it, but I, I watched quite a few um, documentaries and stuff on D and D just because I like to learn history and, you know, the origins. And it's interesting because that was one of the big fights there was was to get magic missile that always you know hits because the wizard couldn't do much else at lower levels yeah i find most magic it really depends on what you're looking for and how you want to play your wizard like if you want to be the pyromaniac well you got plenty of fire spells at your disposal um a lot of which are area of effect magic. So you're not really worrying about hit, hitting anything per se. You're just looking at a point and going, all right, I'm going to cast fireball. It explodes over here. Fireball itself is on, is like a 30 foot radius almost of just fire. <laughs> so anything in that 30 foot radius, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong in saying it's a 30 foot radius. I welcome the, the <laughs> comments. I don't really care. I said it. I'm not taking it back. Um, so, hey, Max, can you get his address? Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're the DM. It's 30 feet. Uh, I'm the DM. I say it's 30 feet. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so, 
yeah, if he casts the fireball, anything in that 30-foot radius has to make a dexterity saving throw or take an absolute shit ton of fire damage. And that damage only gets more the higher level that that fireball spell is cast. So you get stuff like magic missile where you just automatically hit and the higher level you cast it at, you just shoot more of them. And you can assign them to any number of targets, which is nice. So you could either decide to dump all three darts at level one into one guy or you can split them up and have two guys hit one, one hit another, or all three hit separate dudes. It's up to you. But the, the point is that they made it so that playing it is viable. Just as viable as playing a rogue or a fighter or a druid. Yeah, that's very interesting. And so, like, how do you play it? Like, as a DM, do you, do you play it more theater of the mind or do you use an app or, you know? It depends on what I'm doing. I've had a little bit of experience with Roll20, which is an online kind of board system. And you get like your little tokens and you can, everybody has access to the campaign and they can drag and drop their uh, tokens and stuff. And, but I don't know, Roll20 just seems a little too clunky for me. So I, there's a friend of mine that's running a campaign and she has used Roll20 for years so i just kind of put up with it for the sake of you know it's what she's used it's what it's how she wants to play it so that's what we'll do and i'm not running the game so i don't have to worry about all the major mechanics behind um behind the actual site i just have to learn how to do what i need to do as the character um or if i'm playing in person i actually have like some boards and i have miniatures and stuff that i'll pull out and like we have assigned miniatures to every character um i'm probably going to be playing at theater of the mind because it's a podcast <laughs> so it's going to be very much it's going to be a much more heavy in the role play aspect as it is the con uh, the combat aspect just because of theater of the mind and i know some people have a hard time imagining it and getting the visual of okay i'm here this person because you have to be very very deliberately detailed with how you lay out the battle map if you're doing theater of the mind so i would have to tell you if you guys get into combat you're in a 30 by 30 room there's tables littered about the room in like five foot intervals and there are enemies in the far left corner, the far right corner, and there's a guy 10 feet in front of you. It can be really hard to like remember that kind of stuff as the player or as the DM too. So if we're doing theater of the mind, it might be a good idea to uh, be a lot more vague. Just, just like, you know, you walk into the bar and you can see there's some tables around and there's some guys sitting over there. Yeah, because you guys like... I also have to trust you guys that you can envision what you think uh, a standard bar room would look like. So if you're getting into a bar room brawl, then we can all safely assume that we know where there will be some tables. And if you guys ask me, hey, is there a table over here? I'm assuming that's what you're seeing. So I'll probably just be like, yeah, sure. There's a table right there. Okay, cool. Well, and that's exactly it. I, I don't know if you've ever listened to a D&D podcast. Um I'm very big on Dungeons and Daddies. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> you did tell me about this. And, you know, I, I'm not saying go listen to a full episode, but, you know, skip halfway through and just kind of see how their DM runs it. Although like, you totally should listen to an episode. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily describe, you know, how far away things are. He might just say, there's an enemy near you. Okay, I'm going to go over and hit him. Okay. Yeah, like if you're... You know, the only time I really get super technical about it is if you're asking me, am I within range to hit this person? Or is this spell within range? If you're asking me about a spell that's got 120 foot range, I'm going to safely assume that you're going to be able to hit this person with the spell that you're asking me about. So most of the time, you'll probably just be like, yeah, can I hit this person with this spell? I'm going to be like, what's the range on your spell? You're going to be like 60 feet. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and it's that's exactly it. It should just be fun and laid back and, you know, not so technical because that almost takes away from the experience. It does. And it, it can pull you out of the uh, the immersion, too. Right. Because 
you're getting, especially if you're already like, let's say you've come off a, uh, a really good role playing session where you guys have been talking amongst yourselves in character. And then all of a sudden you have to switch out of that to analyze a battlefield. Well, now you're out of character practically. So definitely try to keep it vague enough to the point where you guys can just be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then I'll probably just be in, be in my head. Like if it takes me a minute to respond, I'm doing all the difficult calculation and they're just going, yep. Okay. Do it. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. I had something to say, but I don't remember right now. I hate when that happens. Well, uh, I was going to say too, when it comes to the battle and the role-playing stuff, if there's important stuff we have to remember, it's always good for everyone to just take notes, just even short ones. So then, uh, the DM doesn't have to remember the entire it. universe. <laughs> I already have two universes in my head. One is the main world. The other is freaking still the main world. Still the main B. world, but Plan B because you guys are going into a pocket dimension, which we are gonna have um, little solo things as to how everybody gets there. Because I have it planned out that I don't think everybody's gonna initially know each other, but by the end of it, you guys will. You guys will have a common bond of you made through the, made it through this thing together, and we'll be going forward from there. I don't know exactly how far I plan to take it because the campaign can go from anywhere between five levels to all the way to level twenty if you really wanted to. So we'll play it by ear and see how everybody's feeling about it, and we'll we'll see what you guys manage to come across before you finally come face to face with uh, the final confrontation. Because it depends on, it will honestly depend on what you guys, what you guys find, what you deem is necessary to your task at hand. And Strahd Von Zerovich himself, then uh, that's what we'll do. What if we want to like Breath of the Wild and just walk in with the You'll die. <laughs> you want to level one this? I have no issue TPKing you right there and then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There is a chance that it could work. However, that if, chance is slim to none. What if I critically throw a piece of garlic? If you critically throw a piece of garlic, I think you'll just piss him off. <laughs> Dang it. All right. You want to have a Birdman situation all over again? That's how you have it. I, it was pretty fun, though. It was, it was pretty... worth the sacrifice. <laughs> Definitely worth the sacrifice, in my mind. It's wonderful. <laughs> fun things about this being a podcast is when it comes to notes it's almost all going to be recorded so we i could almost just go back and listen to an episode on 1.5 speed and you know get everything yeah and then i also don't know how you feel about one shots and doing like one shots here and there just to kind of break up one shots I love because they're little one-offs that I can just be like, hey, I've had this idea. It's separate from the main campaign. Why don't we run it? Or if somebody else wants to try running the game, then all the power to them. I have no I have no issue sitting back being a player for from time to time because having everything in your head is exhausting. No, and I think that's just exactly it is it would almost be nice to just change up a DM here and there for an episode just to get somebody else's kind of play of it. And yeah. I want to DM and I know Keenan wants to DM. So if we slowly work on our own one shots and then we figure out, we, we plan it around a holiday or a theme, we, we can- I love wait. holiday one shots. I actually yeah. just ran one for Halloween for the one campaign that I'm running here in, uh, in town and I had the whole shebang set up. It was the night after Halloween, unfortunately, because we had a Halloween party that the Halloween night. Um, but yeah, I had I told the people that own the house, I'm like, I need the run of your house from this time to this time, and you are not allowed to be in it. Um, and I had the whole spot where we were going to be playing the game decorated up for Halloween. And um, I had a whole little thing where... I was like a butler and then I went upstairs, got into an entirely different outfit and came down and then ran the game. And like, we had a Halloween themed session. Like it was, awesome. it was one of the, <laughs> actually I was told it was one of the best sessions I ever ran. No, and I'm pretty excited because I enjoy fun things like that. And, you know, you're also running kind of a 
darker game so it might help break up that darkness from time to time to play something a little lighter yeah i would love to i don't know how many DD books you go out and buy i haven't bought any yet because i'm just diving into it i have all of them but i want to go out and buy strixhaven so oh yeah and i would love to run that as a one shot and i'm calling it a one shot but it might be like you know two three sessions and then yeah. that might relate to three to nine episodes, depending on the length. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I look forward to it. It'll be super fun. I haven't got Strixhaven yet because I use D and D Beyond mostly. Um, it uh, you can buy all the books on there for practically half price, and then you have all because you go out to like a game store for the hard copy of the book, you're looking at close to sixty bucks. 60 70 bucks for a hardcover book but i can go on dnd beyond forget it and get it for almost 30 to 40 um so it's definitely cheaper and like i pay a yearly subscription that's like 50 bucks a year to have access to creating an unlimited amount of characters and trust me i put this to the test i think the last time i checked i had like 112 (laughs) different characters that i've created and like the site, because you need the books, will give you all of the content in said books for customizing your characters. So if Strixhaven is out, then I need to get it on D&D Beyond so that I have all the content from Strixhaven to add to my arsenal. Um, like Strixhaven only adds really like five new spells. But it, it's very interesting because when you go into Strixhaven, kind of any class gets access to magic. So, okay. because that, that's the big theme It's you know, Harry Potter and D&D, you're in a university setting that's based around magic. There's five schools and they're all based around different things. So yeah, it's very each, interesting. Each class was already kind of getting that to begin with, because again, we go back to fighter, you have stuff like the arcane archer and the eldritch knight. Um, those two classes and for those two subclasses for fighter in general are very magically inept. One's for ranged magic. The other one is for just magic in general. You can have any kind of magic. Um, rogue, you've got arcane trickster. It's in the name. <laughs> arcane magic. Um, what other one just recently got it? Um, well, I didn't recently get it, but it's a critical role class that was actually created um by matt mercer which was the blood hunter and blood hunter it's got a whole bunch of different stuff that it can do that aren't necessarily magical but it's all based off of um dealing damage to yourself to make everyone else's life miserable <laughs> is what i it's basically the witcher if the witcher was a D class which is i absolutely love blood hunter i have had so much fun with it over over the time that it came out, it's been so much fun. Yep. And like we were talking about stories and whatnot and going to Iron Sworn, I've kind of fleshed out this idea that we're not starting in Iron Sworn at all. We're, we're kind of being transported there and we're waking up there to this new world. But it's interesting because my character, he's going to end up getting this mask that's made of wood. And whenever I put it on, I gain, you know, increased strength and health and that kind of stuff. And I'm also going to find the sword that has the soul of my grandfather in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's some heavy stuff right there. I like it. It's pretty interesting. And we don't know much beyond where we're waking up, what we kind of got to do where we're going to be going after our little objective of where we are. And that's really it. You know, we are going to learn this world as we go. And as you play Iron Sworn, you develop the world as you go. So just so I have it straight in my brain, these two things are codependent of each other, my D&D game and the Iron Sworn stuff, or are you wanting to transfer one into the other just for? They're codependent. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, sweet. my own thing. <laughs> Just thought I'd make that clear for my own brain. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, if 
any of my guests listen to some episodes of it and want to join that can always be arranged but other yeah. than that like I'm doing it on my own and just kind of me and my wife are going through it and if some other guests want to join we'll have to work it out where they kind of get transported in like we did and find us yeah or we find them so but I always find that sometimes when you've got, especially if you have to have a party member role, a new character, um, working it in so that they just kind of are there um, can sometimes be tricky. Um, I actually will take from this past session. So Keenan's bird character, which never got named, um, he eventually did get a name, but that's a whole other topic that if any of the players, because I've told them all that we're doing this and they're all very very keen to uh to listen in when episodes are coming out like i've been told if i don't send them links to the podcast i will be reprimanded heavily um so (laughs) to uh to keep it kind of vague for those particular players um keenan's bird character was pretty much crippled and sent packing and his other character just so happened to be a doctor who was on his way through that town at that specific time and saw absolute carnage outside this nightclub. Um, So he rushed over to help and that's how he met up with the party. And now they are going on an adventure to find their war forged gunslinger who has been teleported back to her point of manufacture because apparently she's, done gallivanting around and it's time to get back to work <laughs> that's pretty good do you want to speak about your character iron sworn at all i have a giant pet spider oh, oh, oh i know someone who would love to talk to you about giant spiders yes so i get to send them out to scout places and i get to secure an advantage that is always good having something to uh, to just kind of be like, hey, go over here, check this out, right. <laughs> report back. Exactly. Um, I'm I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm also a trickster, so I can secure an advantage by lying, bluffing, stealing, or cheating. <laughs> you rogue, you. Right. I'm quite excited. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I've always played the sneaky rogue type characters like it to a fault at points. People just kind of look at me and go, yep, you're playing the rogue, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) And see, another thing that's interesting about Ironsworn is you start with like bonds and we're only going to have one bond and that's to each other because that's all we know coming in. And then I might develop a bond to my sword over time because my sword has a soul, you know, my Mm -hmm. grandfather's into it, you know, there's also things you can get where you can speak to the dead in Iron Sworn. And the big part is anytime you take on a vow or like a, you promise it's called swearing on iron. And to like break that is to like betray, you know, it's frowned upon. You don't want to do it. Hence the name Iron Sworn. Yep. <laughs> and it's interesting because he kind of, the developer of this released kind of a second version. I forget what it's called. I think it's like Starforged or something. And it's all in space and you go to different planets and shit. Hmm. So I asked my wife what one she'd rather and she's not a space person. So <laughs> Iron Sworn it is. Yep. Yeah, I really don't have much else to say it's been a great chat with you you know i i think we're all going to be pretty excited um i told the guys that were missing that i was gonna cut this episode and release it and whatnot too so that they won't miss anything yeah sounds good yeah unless there's anything else i'm pretty much good we didn't hear any anything of that. You said. Oh, oh seriously? That, yeah. that explains a lot. I have been saying things. I think sometimes, <laughs> and maybe they just haven't gotten through. But I just can't. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome seeing the characters unfold, the classes unfold. Oh man! 
there there's definitely going to be some story elements where I'm pretty sure from what Keenan has told me of Dom, where both of them are just going to have an absolute heyday with me. And <laughs> I'm going to be putting you guys into some dark situations and they're going to be making the biggest jokes out of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited for when I get to learn to DM for you guys too, because I think, uh, well, if you are the genuine storyteller, I'm going to be more like the genuine jigsaw. and i'm gonna try and uh, have some fun but i can't wait for this dmd stuff to kick off i can't wait so good perfect Perfect. um all i gotta say keenan is uh start thinking of a holiday you want to do it around and planning it yeah for sure i will also say that if we are going with the double dates and dragons title if we don't make a third wheel joke about both keenan and myself we have failed as a group on the very (laughs) (laughs) well and see that's kind of we'll get into that when we all kind of sit down for our kind of session zero because again i don't really know what you got planned with story and i don't know how everybody else feels about it Maybe that's just going to be a chat between me and you. I really don't know. So Yeah, and there's definitely, so long as you guys are okay with the setting, letting the story kind of tell itself will be the major thing. Because you guys, I just kind of narrate. I am the narrator. You guys are the focal point. You guys are the ones that are making stuff happen. So the story happens around you guys because you guys are there. I'm Um, going to punt that halfling. Yeah, like... And I just say, all right, make an attack roll. Like, does he know you're doing it? No, you get advantage on it. Okay, sweet. Like, story happens because you guys are there. I'm just there to fill in the blanks of, like, what happens. Yeah, what happens when you punt? You rolled a natural 20 on your punt? Well, that halfling just went 30 feet in a random direction. I don't know. But, like, yeah, the story is only there because you guys are there for there to be one. Um, and I'm just like, if there was, if you guys weren't there, I might as well just be talking to myself and looking like a crazy person. Um, so I try to let it, I, when I'm building a story, I always have the start and the end of the story mapped out before anything else, because the middle is where you guys take over. Like everything that happens from start to finish is based around your decisions and your actions. Um, So yeah, story is what you make it. All right. We'll talk a bit more about this double dates and dragons idea in (laughs) just a few minutes. I'm just going to wrap up. It was a great chatting with you guys. It was great having you on and we look forward to, you know, actually starting it. So going to be great all right i'm going to queue up that music and i will see you on the outro our fucking longest episode yet thank you guys for tuning in and thank you josh you were fantastic and keenan and my wife for both coming on and just you know all all chatting it was a fantastic session i had one fabulous time it was an absolute blast and i gotta say i really can't wait to dig into this dungeons and dragons session you know the whole gothic horror session and just stuff like that, and, you know, recording this now after we've had that talk, I have thought about what I'm playing, and it's going to be a kobold artist fur, and I've developed a backstory that'll kind of work with the kind of theme of the name we're going with the show, and, yeah, you guys will hear, obviously, the double dates and dragons, 
cut in to the beginning before our chat. So that being said, like, don't forget to follow and subscribe and all that jazz because that's how you're going to get notified when we have all this content coming out. And with the merch coming out and everything, you can be sure to expect us releasing some art and some lines for our Double Dates and Dragons segment. You can be sure we will have, you know, the, the mugs with the logo Double Dates and Dragons on it. I have that done up and it looks fabulous. So, thanks for your support guys. Thanks for listening to this. This is your host Joey and just have a wonderful holiday. Just enjoy the time with the family or whatever it is you do. Stay safe and you know, whether you spend the time to relax and listen to my podcasts or you spend that time with the family, just all around have a great time. Thank you guys for everything. All right, this is Joey. Have a good one.